Welcome to the Diversity and Fellowship Podcast, where we discuss how the gospel brings us together and keeps us together. We are your hosts, Kenny King. And I'm William Marshall, and we want to encourage Christians to think through how our lives and our churches can be a faithful display of how the power of the gospel unites us in Christ. Thanks for tuning in. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of the Diversity in Fellowship podcast. In the news um, throughout the nation, a lot of people are talking about the Cal Rittenhouse trial. And so we wanted to um, talk about that today on the podcast. Um, the trial part has actually concluded at the time of this recording. The jury is in deliberations and trying to figure out if he's guilty or innocent. Uh, for a little background, uh, Rittenhouse is on trial for shooting three people, killing two, um, during the protest in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And this was following the Jacob Blake um, officer-involved shooting that happened in August of 2020. Uh, Rittenhouse was 17 at the time. He had come to Wisconsin from about 20 miles away in Illinois. And he said his desire was to help protect the businesses that from looting and destruction, which had occurred the night before so he's trying to keep that from happening along with hundreds of other other people who had came to wisconsin for that same purpose so brother william why are we talking about this why is this a diversity in fellowship matter at all yeah i i mean i think one thing that we have to do is i mean believe, believers christians should be concerned should have a concern for biblical justice yeah um I think it's important for us to just recognize that any of these cases that we we it's at least okay to pay attention. Now you know, we'll talk about some more about being maybe too over obsessed and those kinds of things. Yes, because uh, that can happen too. I mean, but but there is it is right for us to say we we want justice right for those that were killed. We want justice for uh, Kyle Rittenhouse. We want justice for our laws and our rule. You know all the, all those different things. Yes. Um, so I, th- I think it's I think it's right for us to at least have a discussion about you know what those things can be. What else would you add there? Yeah. So we we are people who are still in the world. We're not called to be of the world, but we are still in the world. And and as right. people in the world, we tend to have different views about the things that are going on in the world. And and when we have those different views, if we're not careful. Those different views can jeopardize our diversity and fellowship. We can start to be offended by one another for believing yeah. something that's different than us. So we, we need to be able to to kind of have these discussions in regards to the different views and, and um, make sure that we're still able to be united in Christ. Right. What else would you say, brother? Well, I mean, I, I think all of us as our goal should be we, we want to think biblically through these issues. Right. And and even though, and I think, you know, one of the things we're going to talk about a lot, and I'll just go ahead and kind of throw it out there, but I mean, I, there need, because they're so difficult, these issues are so difficult, and because we're limited in what we know, we're limited in what's been released to the public, we're limited in the fact that our media controls the narrative to, to a, you know, a, a large degree, all of these limitations should cause us to be pretty humble yes. in wherever we come down. Right. And, uh, I mean, we want to hold on to truth, and we want to hold up the truth of God's Word, and uh, and I think it's important for us to, to, to do that and to hold each other accountable and those types of things. But we can do that without throwing each other under the bus and, 
I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like we can yeah. we can do that in a way that's still humble and still cares about truth, cares about justice, and not. And here's here's maybe the, I mean, the big lesson for me is cares about people. Yes, because I I am a principle guy, so I'm like, I don't care what happens here. I'm just going to fight for this principle. I'm going to fight for this truth. I'm going to. F- yeah. Sometimes I lose sight of the people I'm fighting with, you know, and and so that's been a lesson that I've had to learn even as a pastor, you know, and so so I think that's I think we need to be careful with that. Yeah. So Kenny, what are what are some of the responses that we're already beginning to see, kind of from the Christian community? Yeah, and, and uh, you know, a lot of these responses, it's kind of showing that we kind of lean towards the world's thinking instead of thinking about, you know, the Word of God. And so, mm, yeah, one of the responses that I see from uh, the black community and minority community is that if Cal Rittenhouse were black, things would have played out a lot differently. Right. And so they see in, in the whole um, circumstances around this trial, around the incident that happened, that they see white privilege in it. Right. So they see, you know, the fact that Rittenhouse was able to walk around the streets of Kenosha with a semi-automatic rifle. Right. And they, they would say that if it was a black 17-year-old walking around the streets of Kenosha with a semi-automatic rifle, the police, at, at, at the bare minimum, would have stopped them and questioned them. Right. And, and, and not questioned them in a way that was, you know, nice. They would have questioned him right. in a way that was very suspicious of of what he was doing, but right. they would say that didn't happen with Rittenhouse. They would say that mm. the fact that after the shooting that Rittenhouse wasn't apprehended immediately afterwards, that even though he was walking towards the police officers with his hands up with, with the gun, right. that the fact that he wasn't apprehended meant that um, there was some white privilege there because right. if it was a black person, they would say that he would have got arrested. He would have been confronted and possibly even shot. You right. know, because yeah, um, that they 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 say this happens a lot when it comes to black people who have committed a crime versus white people who have committed a right. crime. Right. And so also they would say the if if Kyle Rittenhouse was black, he definitely <laughs> would not have the support of the conservative media mm-hmm. and conservative figures. Like mm-hmm. his perception in the media would be totally different when it comes to um, the conservative media. So they would say. Right. There's a lot of white privilege going on in the Cal Rittenhouse case. So, right. what else are are we seeing from the Christian community? Well, probably from that? the more uh, majority culture, right? White yeah. culture, but all those—that's you know, neither one of those are necessarily limited. But um, I mean, they would see Cal Rittenhouse as a hero, yes, you know, a martyr. Uh, you know, this is a guy we should hold up and follow, and you know, uh, he's he's a way we can we want to. Uh, protect Second Amendment rights. Yes, you know he was, he lawfully was carrying this semi-automatic weapon around the streets of Wisconsin. Yes, right. That he was not breaking the law. Right. And, you know, and apparently, you know, there was some question yeah, that, about they, that. Yeah, that charge know? was dismissed. Was dismissed because, because technically, you could be argued that he was he was doing that. Right. Um. You know. Then yeah, the whole. I mean, the whole. Uh. Add to that that what he was doing was just simply self-defense against this awful mob, you know, yeah. that was trying to burn the city to the ground, you know, and so, you know, um, that needs to be protected and he should have the right to shoot and do what he did. And so we want more people to be able to have that. And right. then, um, you know, kind of, um, this, these, these protests, which we've seen a lot of them in the last right. you know, three, four years, 
where there where there is kind of looting and violence and those kinds of things. I mean, there are many who think we need to see a stronger response to that. Right. You know, we need to see a very, you know, e- even from private, you know, if private citizens have to arm up and grab their semi-automatic rifles. Yeah. And, and you know, like we need to see more of that. Yeah. And so we need more Cal Rittenhouses. Yeah. I mean, he's yes. they're kind of holding him up as somebody that um, you know should be imitated. Yes. So what else? I mean, how else would you? Yeah. What yeah. other responses are you seeing, or or how do you respond to some of those? Right. Another you know response that I see from you know brothers and sisters in Christ is there's a a concern about what the consequences are going to be. Um, depending on what the verdict is. So, you know, the minority community, um, they would say that if he's found not guilty, it's going to be open season on protesters. Right. And then there's not going to be any repercussions. Mm. Like if he can get away with um, killing, killing people Mm. who are protesting. Right. Then other people will feel like they can get away with it. And so you're going to see a lot of people who are out shooting right. protesters. Right. And and they, they're going to point to things like there's a lot of states who have passed um, in the last couple of years anti-protest laws. And, and, they're, and they're given immunity to drivers who mm-hmm. hit protesters with their vehicles if they fear for their lives. And so right. th- they're going to point to that and say this is another example of how the the government the system is allowing um, people who are anti-protest to harm protesters to kind of mm-hmm. infringe on the First Amendment right right um, that we have in this country to peaceful protest right which is a big argument right right because is this you know if they're throwing if they're throwing bricks through business windows <laughs> is it not necessarily peaceful anymore right? right you know so what point you know is that does that mean this is we'll talk about this maybe some more later, but I mean, at what point do you say, OK, I'm shooting them? Right. You know, I mean, because that's that's where you have protesters or I say anti-protesters at now. Right. It's like if I mean, that's Rittenhouse is there to protect businesses. Yes. Well, what does that look like? Right. You know, like <laughs> do you start taking out people who are walking up with bricks because they're about to throw? I mean, yeah, we, we I mean, that's that's part of it is people are saying, hey, you know, if you. If you allow this guy to get off, mm-hmm. then as soon as protests happen and somebody see a brick, yeah, then somebody will be justified in yeah. in shooting people. And the question is, like, does somebody throwing a brick in a window does that justify their death? And right. and so, I mm. mean, people are worried about that. They're concerned that this verdict is going to send a message to other people. Yeah. Yeah, they would also say, you know, for those who are kind of in support of Kyle Rittenhouse, they would say if he's found guilty, then his Second Amendment rights are being violated. Right. And and his right to protect himself and his right to protect right. Um, property as well. Right. And so they are concerned that, okay, if he's found guilty, then they're going to be coming for our guns. Are they going to find a way to, to yeah. come after us? And all we're doing is trying to protect ourselves and we're trying to protect our our property, and so they feel like a guilty verdict is going to going to mean that their rights are going to be infringed upon. Right. And so you have this concern about what the verdict is going to communicate from brothers and sisters in Christ. And so, brother, how should we as Christians who 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 are striving for diversity and fellowship think through this case biblically? 
Right. Well, I think one, and this is kind of where we alluded to earlier, but we just have to realize our limitations, right? I mean, yes. realize that we're human. Uh, we do not know everything about the case. Like, I am not a lawyer. I don't know if you know that, Kenny. But you're I you're not. Actually, I never actually passed anything. <laughs> um, I, I don't know the laws of Wisconsin. You know, I, no. I don't understand. Um, I don't understand how some of these things play out, you know. No. And so, so you, I mean, you've got that. Um, and I, I don't, I, I am, I mean, I have to, and I think this is pretty critical at this point. I have to understand that all of the information I'm getting from the media is biased. Yes. Whether whether you agree with the bias or don't agree with the bias, it's all biased. Right. And so there is a narrative that's being pushed. And, you know, I can try to fall off on one side and say, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm with these guys or and the fall off on the other. I'm with these other guys. You know, I'm with this. I'm with, oh, I don't know. I'm with CNN or I'm with Fox News or whatever it is. But you have to realize that you're getting a narrative from both of those. Right. And at some point that has to, you you have to have some humility because of that. Right. Like, I don't know everything. I'm not a lawyer. I, I'm even the new, even what I do know is probably coming from a source that's very well biased. Therefore, whatever happens, I, I can be, I'm going to be humble with my response. Yes. So I, th- I think that's, I think that's a good place to start. Yeah, we're we're not good with that, right? We no, we tend man, to be up on. in arms and and like we know there's been an injustice done if we're on the other side of the verdict, right? Or we know right. that justice has been served mm-hmm. if it's the verdict that we want. And so right. we need, we do need to be um better about that. I see yeah. while while we don't know everything, right? There are some things that we do know. That's there are good. some things yeah. that are clear evidence. There's video. There's documentation. There mm-hmm. are some things that we do know. And and what justice requires is that we can look at though that evidence objectively and not try to, as you were talking about, support a, a certain narrative that, that kind of goes with my group. Mm. And so... There, there are some things that involves this case that are being overlooked or completely dismissed. Hmm. And so that there, when you think about the two, two, the two men who are made in God's image, both of them have a history of mental illness. Well, what does this have to do? Am I trying to excuse Cal Rittenhouse? No, I'm not trying to excuse Cal Rittenhouse. But what I'm, what I'm, what I'm saying is, this is the two. You're talking about the two men that were killed. Yes, Joseph Rosenbaum and Anthony Huber. Okay. Both of them have a, a a history of of mental illness. And and how does this relate to this case? Well, Joseph Rosenbaum had just been released from a psychiatric hospital that day. He was not a part of the protesters. Right. Now, now, if you hold to the view of you're going to support the protesters, then you're, you're going to say that Joseph Rosenbaum is a martyr, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is one of us who was killed protesting right. uh, the Jacob Blake situation. Well, he wasn't a protester. Right. He, was he was homeless. There, right? yeah. He was homeless. He, he's mentally ill. And he was agitated. He wasn't able to get his medication that was prescribed for him because the pharmacy had closed. He wow. was agitated. The protesters yeah. were actually trying to calm him down so that peace could be kept. He sees Cal uh, Rittenhouse and he runs after him. Right. Not because he's a protester and, and Cal Rittenhouse is, uh, you know, protecting this property. Mm-hmm. 
but because he's agitated because he has a mental illness. Now, does this justify, does this mean that Joseph Rosenbaum or Anthony Huber deserve to die? No, it does not. Right. Of course it, not. What that means is they're, they're, they're no less an image bearer of God. But what this means is, is that because we live in a fallen world, people have mental illness. And sometimes because of their mental illness, they do things that are not rational. Mm. Right? They do things that um, can play a part into the events that are going to occur. Mm. And if we but see, that is not going to support a certain narrative. That's right. right. Yeah, it's not going to support the narrative of violent protesters. It's going. It's not going to support the narrative of, of, of someone with the intent of killing protesters. Right. right. Mm-hmm. That's not going to support that. But that's the objective evidence. Right. If, if you have to be able to look at it and say, is not everything that we are being told, it's not what's actually going on. That's right. And so it. If we are truly seeking justice, we have to consider all the evidence, no matter whether it supports our narrative or not, and think objectively mm. about that. Which is hard. Yeah, man. I mean, again, it's that hard. goes back to humility, right? I'm gonna, I'm not just gonna look for evidence or articles or people that support what I want, right? I'm, I'm actually, I want to know, I want to know. Right. What happened? What actually what actually happened? happened. I mean, and and I think, you know, the difficulty sometimes is knowing, okay, what happened? Because, again, even with that, you'll have the same type of thing that happened, the same piece of evidence. Right. And one group will one, you know, one news organization will shape it one way and another news organization will shape it in a totally different way. Yes. And so, man, you got to we got to pray and ask the Lord for wisdom so that we can kind of separate all that and say, well, really, you know, what what do they both agree on? Right. You know, like what, like I don't think there's any argument that Joseph Rosenbaum was released from the mental hospital that day. There, there's evidence, right? There, that, there's no, there's no argument on right. that, right? And so, um, he obviously had mental, you know, he had had mental illness, had suffered from mental illness, and so though that's a that's a fact, you know, you can right. you can rest on that, you know, and then but now both groups can kind of spin that, you know, and, yes. and try to do different things with that. Um, yeah. And so I, I think, uh, yeah, I think we have to be cautious. You know, I think that's good. And that, and that kind of comes back to, you know, one of the things we talk about a lot. I mean, we have to lead with grace. Right. We have to be very, 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 very um, careful to not assign motives. Yes. I, you know, I think this is uh, particularly difficult in this case. Yes. Um, because when I first heard about this story, I was like, why is this? Why is this kid driving across state lines with an automatic weapon to to try to be an anti-protester? Right. I mean, Protect that was property just, that's not his. Right. right. If I'm just if I'm just <laughs> yeah. being you know if I'm just being honest, the first yeah. time I heard about any of this, that was my th- I thought that, that was well, that mine seems, too. That seems weird. Why would he do that? There's no good motive for that. Right. You know. And honestly, I'm not even sure I understood that he had said. You know, he made it very plain that, you know, his goal was to try to protect uh, property. Yeah. That wasn't, I wasn't thinking that, you know. Right. I'm like, no, nah, he's just trying to get into a fight or, yeah. you know, whatever. And so I, I think, again, I think we have to be careful in that. You know, we have to slow down. Um, you know, probably don't need to tweet that out, you know, first first, first time we hear something. No. I mean, we need to we need to lead with, lead with grace, you know. Um, what else would you say along those lines as far as leading with grace? Yeah, I would say, you know, 
again with the signing motives. There, there's a uh, a clip of the trial where um, Cal Rittenhouse is crying on the witness stand, and for those who who believe he is guilty, their their motive would be that he's crying in order to. Uh, gain sympathy. Right, it's fake. Right, it's fake. He mm-hmm. he's not remorseful. He's crying as as a show. And what we have to remember and about assigning motives is that what we're saying is we can see the heart. Right. Only God can see the heart, right? Mm-hmm. Now, as Christians, our our response to that of him crying is we should want him to be remorseful. Like whether he's guilty or whether he's innocent, two people died at his hands. Right. And so our desire should be that he's remorseful. And so if we get to the point where we're saying uh, he's putting on a show, like we're, we're actually going against what we want to be happening. Right. I want him to be able to, to break down on the witness stand because he's feeling so bad about the fact that at his hands two people died. Mm-hmm. And one another person was injured. But if I'm being cynical and assigning motives to him and saying that he's not remorseful, then he I, I'm not going to ever be able to see that. Right. right. I'll never be able to praise God that he has by his Holy Spirit convicted him and mm-hmm. he's remorseful. Right. Yeah. And we got to be careful with that. Yeah. And, and another thing I would say is that, you know, we have to watch out about the idea that protesters deserve to be shot because they loot and destroy property like like the idea that the the penalty for destroying property should be immediate death (laughs) Uh, and first of all what that does is it it assumes that everybody who's out there is destroying property and looting Mm -hmm. like you don't want to paint protesters with that brush A, a, a lot of the protesters um are peaceful Yep. Like we know that a, a a few bad apples could ruin a bunch, and so for us right. to say that all of them kind of deserve this is, um, again, we're assigning assigning motives that all protesters have a desire to destroy property and loot. That's mm. not that's not being gracious at all. Yeah, and it. I mean, and that's the hard thing. It's like you know you're there, and there's a group of protesters, and like one guy hurls a brick, and it's like okay, I'm gonna. Right. I'm, about to, I'm about to unload my semi-automatic weapon on all these other people that are standing near this guy, right? Who could be mentally unstable, or yes. could you know have a death wish, or right? He could care nothing about the protest. He's just yeah, he, he just, just wanted, wants violence, you know, yeah, or maybe whatever. Maybe an anarchist, right? I mean, right. and so, <laughs> I mean, I think again, all of that illustrates these are really, really hard situations. I mean, really difficult scenarios, and so. You know, you just gotta you gotta lead with grace. We gotta be careful in what what we think should happen. Yeah. Um, what else? What's another maybe maybe right way to approach this? Yeah, biblically, I would say at, at some point this is this is my appeal to all of my brothers and sisters in Christ. At some point, we have to apply. We have to ask them and ask some hard biblical questions, some things that the Bible teaches us that I rarely hear, it seems, when these instances come up. Mm. So in in Matthew 5, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, do not resist an evil person. Mm -hmm. Like, turn the other cheek. Yeah. If they they wanted, if you wanted, they want you to walk a mile, go an extra mile, you Mm -hmm. know. If they want to take your cloak, give them your tunic too or whatever. Right. And then, he, you know, he talks about loving your enemies, pray for those who persecute you, all that stuff. 
Like, at what point do we say do not resist an evil person and just let the property be destroyed? Yeah. At mm-hmm. one point, do we do that? What point do we say I'm going to love my enemies instead of trying to vilify them? Mm. Like, do we, I mean, during these things, do we think about those things? Right. And for the minority community, or at what point do we say I'm going to submit to the governing authorities and not try to ascribe injustice to every verdict that doesn't go our way. Mm. So if Cal Rittenhouse is is determined to be not guilty, at one point do we say, well, the judge did what God put him in position to do because mm-hmm. God right, gave him the authority. He gave him the authority to do that. Mm-hmm. The prosecutor did what God gave him the authority to do. The people who made the laws did what God gave them the authority to do. Mm-hmm. And there's not any injustice in this situation. Mm. Well, we're really quick when things, and, and this is all sides, right? We're really quick when things don't go our way mm-hmm. to, to say that there's some injustice. But at right. one point do we say, I'm going to submit to this, this authority that God has put in place and mm. it is for my good yeah, and it's not for my harm. Yeah. And then my, my last question would be, how do we live out 2 Timothy 2.4? And in 2 Timothy 2.4, Paul, he talks about soldiers do not get involved in civilian affairs. Mm. They're doing what their what their commanding officer tells them to do. Mm. And, and what has Jesus called us to do? And this doesn't mean that we don't fight for justice. He's called us to do that. Right. But what I'm saying is, is that we get so wrapped into these things. Yeah. We get so involved into the to the minutia of these situations to where we start to vilify our brothers and sisters in Christ. I mean, we start to get to lose focus on yeah. what our commanding officer has told us to do, yeah. which is just share Jesus with all people through the right. gospel of grace. That's our right. mission statement. If you didn't know that, yeah. but um, yeah. At what point do we say this is worldly? This is worldly stuff. Mm. This is civilian affairs. Like, I don't know anything about this. <laughs> right. Mm. Let me focus on what I'm supposed to do as a soldier of the Lord and not on what these things that the world is trying to get me to focus on, not on the narrative yeah. of the left or the narrative of the right or or this president or this presidential candidate or whatever it is, but on what God has told me to do. Yeah. I mean, I like I wish this was a crazy, crazy scenario, but like it, it's like two people, two Christians meet up in a coffee shop. They're both Christians. Right. They they. Follow, they're followers of Jesus, they get asked the question, you know, how do you feel about the Kyle Rittenhouse case? And before the end of the conversation, they could hate each other. Yes. Hate each other. Really? And it's like, wow. Like, And, and you say, well, that stuff's not happening. I'm like, go to Twitter. <laughs> yes, please. Christians hate each other oh, over this man. stuff, you know? And it's like, man, we are, we have gotten way too... Um, in, I, I think part of it is is we're, we're taking we're responding in worldly ways. Yes. Uh, to, to to some of these uh, well a lot of these issues and we have got to come back and say okay, well like you said how how would the Lord how would our commander want us to respond and how how can we even when we disagree because there is room in the kingdom for yes. some disagreements on stuff. Yes. Um. But. But we can't let our disagreements become hatred and right. vilify, like you said, vilifying and uh, demonizing. I mean, all those kinds of things are just 
crazy, right? <laughs> that we've uh, that that's normal, right? We've almost accepted that as normal behavior. Yes. Um. So, we stand against that. We yes, stand we against do. that being normal behavior. So. All right, All right, so so my challenge for you, you know, it's not a necessarily a diversity resource. What my challenge would be is just really read up on the case before you speak to it. Right. Like there, read from a variety of different. Don't read just from the the one you always go to that's right leaning or left leaning, but read from different ones, hmm. and they're going to bring out different aspects of the case that yeah, that's good that you you can actually make a better informed. Um, you have a better idea of what justice may look like in this situation. Cool. All right, brother. Well, that leads us to our crazy question for this week, which is lawyery uh, related. Lawyerly. Law, y'all, lawyer, I'm going to try to make a word. Um, so, Kenny, brother Kenny, what or which fictitious lawyer would you want to represent you if you are on trial? Fictitious lawyer. All right, so I'm going to go with uh, Ben Matlock. Matlock. Yes, uh, Andy Griffin. Yes. Right? Andy Griffin That's later right. later days paid Ben Matlock on, on Matlock. See, yes, he see did. but Matlock wouldn't just get you off. See, Matlock is going to find the actual perpetrator. Mm. He's going to find the actual killer. That's right. You're innocent. He's going to find the guy that's guilty. Yes. Uh, he's going to go above and beyond the call. So he's I need like somebody a, who's going to He's gonna like take a lawyer slash detective, right? Slash <laughs> cop. Man, right. this guy got it all going on. Yes. Nice. Okay. Right. What about you, brother? I think I would I would go with, um, after thinking about this for so long, I, I would go with uh, Tom Cruise's character in the movie A Few Good Men. Yes. Just because I want somebody who can stand and scream. You can't handle the truth, <laughs> right? I need that. I yes. need this guy. I don't, you know, if that he gets a me, classic movie line. Yeah, man. I just, you know, that's. I just need somebody there to make, you know, whether whether or not I, he gets me off or however things turn out. I just, <laughs> I just need that drama, right? I yes. just appreciate that drama in the, um, in what's happening, right? In that case, so. All right. Well, good stuff. Well, thanks, guys, for uh, tuning in, and uh, we'll catch up with you next week. All right. God bless you. Thanks so much for listening to the Diversity and Fellowship Podcast. If you want to join the discussion, please send us your questions and your comments to diversityandfellowship at gmail.com. That's diversityandfellowship at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, keep laboring by God's grace to be a faithful display of how the power of the gospel unites us in Christ.